Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got Mars. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't fall asleep. We have such sights to show you. You're listening to the Jersey Cool. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And Lizzie boarded Chuck and X gave her mama 40 wax. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I think it's, I think that legally, anytime well, someone legally. discusses Lizzie Borden, you, you have, have to, to do the song. rhyme. No, I, I think contractually <laughs> we are obligated it is. to do the Lizzie Borden rhyme because tonight's episode is all about Lizzie Borden. That's right. And how dare you? Of course I'm going to do the rhyme. Of course. Um, of course I am. Because if there's anybody on this show that's going to be good for the old like dad joke of the show, it's me. <laughs> um, Yeah, Lizzie Borden. So so I have to say that I have I got to kick back for this episode because you are just the resident expert on all things Lizzie Borden. I don't know where it came from. I don't know how it started. Fair, I don't yeah. know if it was like a book that I read or something, but one day, I don't remember even if it was high school, like late high school or early college, but one day I was like, you know what I want to learn more about? Lizzie Borden. And then I never <laughs> stopped. Like the first time I ever discovered Google Scholar, like when we were in college, Ooh. it was to look up stuff about Lizzie Borden because I wanted to That's read, like, read people's thesis, thesis, thesis. I love reading thesis. people's thesis. <laughs> They're their thesis you know, you know, do is she guilty? Is she innocent? Because good lord, this is literally like the most gray area case of innocence or guilt. Um but yeah, ever since then, like it has just been one of those subjects where I need to get my hands on it. Like I have several books on the subject based, you know, just this is her life, or this is the trial, or I have graphic novels based on it. I have the History Channel DVDs about Lizzie Borden. Like anytime there's anything at this point, like more to learn. Um, when I was, God, what was that? 2012, maybe? I planned a really fun, spooky October vacation. And my mom and Ooh. I went to um, Salem, Massachusetts. And we stayed there for a couple of days on the way home. We made a pit stop at Fall River so we could go oh. to the Lizzie Borden house um, because her house is currently a bed and breakfast. The but house little... that she like that the whole thing happened. In. Yes, that her house is still standing. OK, um, and have they currently... changed it a lot? Well, when I was there in 2012, I believe it's the, at this point it is the same. Um, but when I was there, God, fucking 10 years ago at this point. So the owners at the time turned it's a bed and breakfast, right? They decorated it as best as they possibly could because they had a ton of photographs from the house but they were all black and white photographs so oh. to the best of their knowledge they tried to get as much of matching furniture wallpaper paint the whole nine um there is one item to the house that is authentic to Ooh. when the Bordens lived there okay. and I uh, we were doing our little tour and I um, nerded out because our tour guide, he was like, uh, so the only item in this house 
that we did not have to replace or fix or whatever that is, you know, the, the Bordens touched this is the inside doorknob of their front door. And he's like, do we have any brave souls that want to touch? Like he didn't get the word touch it out. And I'm like, I'll touch it. And like, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. literally like, I'll, nope, that's so no I'm going to have to upload some pictures because I took a million pictures. I literally took like a nice up close picture of the doorknob. Like I went up and touched the doorknob and I was like, I'm touching the Lizzie Borden doorknob. Oh. I forgot to mention that when my mom and I got there, realize where it is in fall river it's kind of funny again this was a decade ago so i don't know if anything is different now mm, but know. it's in kind of almost an industrial area at this point like across the street there's like office buildings like the house itself and like the small little garage that's now the uh gift shop like it, it seems extremely out of place because again like it's almost like a business area around it but i remember we pulled in you know i forget what time our tour time was like you know two o'clock whatever we pull in and i'm like I'm, I'm sitting in the car and i couldn't help it but like i kind of got like a little choked up and my mom's like are you okay i'm like is this my graceland i'm like i literally at that point i'm like you realize that i have spent like like years years researching and learning and reading and watching and just absorbing as much as I possibly could in this subject. And I said, the fact that I'm here, I'm seeing it in person. I'm like, this is the house. This is where it happened. Like, like I literally like the history wow, nerdy yeah, had yeah. an absolute explosion. So like, you know, I kind of, you know, calm myself down. So we go in and it's so funny because my, like every time, like my, we're the, before the tour starts, my mom's like, are you, um, are you going to tell the tour guide that you know everything about <laughs> that you could I'm be like, giving no, this mom. tour? I'm like, no, I, I'm not going to do that, mom. I'm like, we're going to let yes, him do his job. <laughs> we're going to sit back and enjoy, and we're just going to take it all in. And then like, you know, the tour guide would be like, okay, so here are the pictures of Abby and Andrew Skulls. Uh, what they did in the autopsy is they actually boiled their skulls and blah, blah, blah. And my mom would be like, did you, did you know that? And I'd be like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, first of all, shush. Second, I'm like, I knew it. Tell, tell him that you knew that. I'm like, no, we're not going to tell him that I know any of this. I said, we're going to just- You should have totally, see, it. I agree with all, you should have totally flexed <laughs> that you knew everything. <laughs> I was like, I just want to, I just want to enjoy. Did I learn things then that I didn't know? Of course, of course I did. But yeah, it was so, because she's like, did you, did you know that? Did you know did, what he just said? Is that true? I'm like, mom, I'm not going to fact check him. I'm like, I'm going to believe that he knows what he's talking about. Um, so you to walk through the whole entire house and it was it was just such a, a fun and amazing experience like I said I am I, I don't even remember when or why it started but there are a few subjects in history that I have just latched on to 100% and the this case the trial the life of Lizzie Borden is one of them so I'm gonna thank you for letting me I'm just gonna keep talking um <laughs> but, you know I suggested like oh look even my little coaster my little, I have a little Lizzie Borden coaster sitting right here. You yeah, have, like yeah. this is this is my jam, and I'm very excited. I'm excited for the picture show. So I definitely think we should post some of those pictures. So I think my first question for you, Jackie, before we dive into the movies, is: Do you think Lizzie did it? For the longest time, I have said yes. Like she okay. had, she had to have, she had to have done it. Um, but more and more stuff has come out not even like I don't even want to say more and more stuff has come out it's just the more you read the more information and so a lot of times I'm not gonna lie like some of the books it's just 
it just repeats itself. Like there's certain facts. And, well, that's what it is. It's their facts. And it's just, right. here's the story and here's the Well, day. that's what I felt. Right, right. That's she what was I felt eating, like you know, from She the was rain. in the barn looking for sinkers and she was eating peaches and Bridget's washing windows and pears. Um, it's one of those things where as, as firmly as I feel like there is no one else that could have done this. Like she had to have done it. On the other hand, how on earth could she have done this? And it makes it one of those things where it's impossible that she did it. And it's impossible that she didn't do it. Like, how, how is this like no, the unsolved know. fucking crime of the, of the century and the other century, you know, like I know. This I, century. I'm very torn. That's fair. I'm glad that yeah. you're kind of on the fact. I, I feel yeah. the same way. I'm like, on one hand, I feel like it's impossible that she didn't do it. And on the other hand, I'm like, I don't think she did it. And so yeah. I guess, I guess you really can't have it both ways, but boy, do I want to. Um, I'll tell you, you know what? I have it both ways. Cause I'm just like, did she do it? Yes. No. <laughs> when you look at it, like I said, like how, how could she not, how, you know, it's there's so here's the other problem too we're going on now this august we're going on 130 years 130 years since the murder happens or the murders have happened um this is not a time with a lot of forensic technology this is a time when dainty lovely women can't possibly do horrible things um but also Lizzie's built a little differently. I mean, physically, emotionally, mentally, like she isn't one. I mean, she definitely was, she acted like a woman of her time. Like she was, you know, I don't want to say that she was out of character, but at the same time, you know. Well, she, she was like an old, I mean, she was 32 and unmarried, right? Which by definition made her kind of stick out like a sore thumb. She's a spinster, both her and her sister. You know, like there's, like I said, there's, there's so much rumor and there's so much, um, what's the word? conjecture you know there there are some certain facts but the rest of it is just he said she said it's speculation it's at my best guess here's the timeline like if there really was a way to go back in time one of the one of the first stops i would make would be to the boarding house and i'd be the little fly on the wall because wow. i want to fucking see it wow okay fair, see it. if yeah. it was her how did she do it? Because is she, is she that fucking brilliant that she pulled this off? Or I, I tell you one thing. Yeah. If she did do it, it was so coldly calculated and brilliant, like mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. And, and I have to say that I, I, I agree with you. I think it's interesting. I, I think there's a lot of interesting things to it, but one thing I think I've come to learn going into this as blind as I did and kind of walking away, knowing what I know now is if she did do it good for fucking her, because probably dad was a giant fucking creep right whether i I have some (laughs) i have some notes about that where just like this is a gray area of yes she did it no she didn't do it and who knows um i feel like this is like such a weird blend of fuck the patriarchy and fuck the matriarchy like because Mm -hmm. you have it from both sides oh they were both the worst yeah you know like you you really do like you have this my note is you have the patriarchal notion that she was a lesbian because she was unmarried. 
Like she, so she spent her life unmarried. Oh, well now we're going to have rumors that she's a lesbian. Yeah, which still happens to this day, I feel like. Yeah. Oh, exactly. Exactly. It's it's one of those things where if you're not married, you know, I I just, I, I envision like the little boy on the playground or maybe kind of the kid in high school. Like, I like you. Do you like me? No, I don't like you. What are you, gay? It's like, like, it's that whole thing of like, it's that notion that if you didn't get married, it's obviously because you're a lesbian and we still live in that in that pressure in my opinion i mean thank god nowhere near the oppressive life that i mean in in one of these two films and and we are going to talk about the 1975 which i think is like a classic uh the legend of lizzie borden we're also going to talk about lizzie a 2018 jean from uh chloe with who that stars uh kristen stewart and chloe savini 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 i don't know if i'm saying that i'm not sure um but both of these i it was interesting because i really enjoyed watching both and yeah you're right after a while you get down what the facts are right like the whole like watching well Bridget was watching windows and like there are certain things that are like that you get in your head once you go through it all but yeah there's there's just not enough for it to be anything other than speculation but you're right one thing one thing that blows my mind is that like I mean thank god like she literally in one of the movies and I think it's the 75 version talks about how like she's just property she's literally not like he literally called like he's like everything in this house belongs to me and it was so true back then i mean girls didn't have any freedom and what blows my mind today is that i think it's still hard to be a woman who doesn't get married i think it's still hard to be a woman who chooses not to have children i think it's still hard to be a woman who says fuck it to the normal patriarchal society expectations just just that just once i would love to respond to someone the way that I get responded to. Just once, if I like meet somebody or see somebody I haven't seen in many years and they go, oh, you know, I got married and I had kids. I would love my response to be, you had kids? You had crotch goblins? Why? Why? Like, why would you have kids? (laughs) Because when I tell people, yeah, I don't have kids. Their first reaction is like, why? I hate that. I hate that so I'm like, much. excuse me? Like, so I want to be like, well, are you putting your kids up for adoption? No, yeah. of course not. Well, you really should start asking people why they have crotch yeah, goblins. Because I really I, my, do. my favorite thing is when it's like, did you, do you have kids? No. Oh, well, you're, you'll change your mind when you get married. That always sucks. I'm like, really? Yeah, are you really putting your kids up for adoption? Of course not. Oh, you'll change your mind in a couple of years. <laughs> like, fuck you. I've like, had, how come? I've changed you know, my so, mind on that a few times. <laughs> like, seriously, sometimes I would love for people to like step outside themselves and realize like what yeah like what if what if that was my response like oh you have kids it should be. Oh, why i'd, why I'd really like to yourself? i'd really like to start watching you have that expression because <laughs> it delights me to watch the horror on people's faces when you're like and i fucking hate kids like i i really have gotten to the point where it literally delights me to watch you talk to about it because people are so like <gasps> clutch their pearls, you know they what really I mean? Do. And it cracks me the hell up. The only thing is I know you. And like the best part is people will often be like, you does she know you have kids like there's yeah. so and i'm like oh she's fine with mine barely but she's fine with mine but it's you know just, i love yours I and that's why it's fun for you and that's why that's it's why fun, it's for, fun for you because, because you, you only do it yeah you only do it to, to watch the world burn like you don't I actually do. there are so many kids in your life that you love so so strongly gotcha. and so deeply that it cracks me up to watch people's reactions to your talking about kids it just delights me <laughs> my favorite honestly though one of my favorite reactions is your youngest when molly's like <laughs> She gets no, mad. She could punch you. You know, like I'm a kid. 
and she doesn't like it yeah like yeah. she doesn't get it that I'm like okay but you're special right <laughs> like no, there's she'll a handful be like, of kids in my life that are real special she's gonna fight you one of these days um <laughs> it's true no it's true so all right so Lizzie Borden let's let's dive into these movies shall we okay because I think you're going to bring a lot of fun insight being our resident expert here. So 1975 Lizzie Borden movie starring the national treasure, Elizabeth Montgomery. You better know her as Samantha the Witch from Bewitched. Mm -hmm. I wish I could wiggle my nose, but I can't do it. I do the Tabitha where (laughs) I just move my nose with my own finger. She was Emmy nominated for this. It was a made-for-TV movie. Um, I tell you, my big takeaway from both these movies, if I'm ever going to kill somebody, I'm going to do a Nakey that's i think that's how she did it she got away with it you know like (laughs) in in both movies a they have her being the one that kills them they have her killing them in the buff and apparently in with this movie in the uk version they show some of elizabeth montgomery's goods i gotta tell you i saw i got this i watched the uh uk version Nice. because i saw that there was a difference and mm-hmm. i clicked around a couple times and i got a little i got a little tea i got a little tea nice. and a little leg i was like oh it's not, i was like bewitched no like i was right. all i i felt like i was violating my own childhood somehow because i used well, to rock you know, naked like I, like nobody's business. <laughs> i usually pride myself on being able to pick out people in a movie like oh i know you from that thing i yeah, am I sad to admit that. that her sister emma it wasn't, I didn't know who she was until after the fact when I was looking in trivia and stuff like that is who uh-huh. her sister Emma was. Who? From a little show called Who's the Boss. She was Mona. Mona? That's Mona. Oh, no, it's, it's Mona. Ah, now I, I didn't go know, back and watch so the whole movie all over again. So usually I'm quite good at picking Wait a minute, the, that you know, math doesn't add up for me. Did she pretend to be older than she was for Who's the Boss? She, she had to have. Mona. She had to have. Yeah. Mona. Holy shit. Yeah, that was Mona. Mind below. You are so good at that game. I was proud of myself for recognizing Aunt Petunia, but that's all I got. You kept blowing my mind with all the. Um, <laughs> I loved her, but we're going to say it because your line was so good. I want you to use your line. Um, so this film, I thought, did. Uh, I'm curious to see your take on all of it because you said that it was very, to you, it felt very inspiring. I thought what I liked about it, well, first of all, it, it made me cringe how they were able to just drug women without their own consent back then. They were like, here, take a sedative. Like, and, and it wasn't like, do you want a sedative? It was have a sedative. Well, I mean, women are hysterical right? and we're, they're even broads, more crazy so hysterical. They're even more, more so hysterical during their time of the month. So yeah. the best or when way they to combat their family, that, right. Or right. when they were their own family. The best way to combat that is with morphine. <laughs> let's like let's hop you up on drugs. Because uh, you got the women's illness. I mean, and you crazy. You bleeding. Bitches, you crazy. You are nasty. And it's <laughs> actually just anything that bleeds for seven days and doesn't die. <laughs> it's actually, it's really, really kind of hysterical to see how utterly grossed out these men were at the mere mention of her period. Of her like the fa- I mean, the fact that she was on her period comes up in her trial and like they could not have um brushed that under the carpet any faster no pun intended yeah. they were just like hop, 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 hop. okay okay that's fine she's pure. She oh, said no oh, pun intended for her carpet <laughs> um yeah no they were just like they were so i mean it was so improper to speak of a woman's time of the month like that 
you know, then because it's period blood, it's disgusting, it's nasty, it's ooh coming out of a woman. So we cannot talk about it. We cannot discuss it. They right. barely analyzed anything having to do with the fact that she was on her period, which could or could not be in and out of evidence. Like it was just, it was, it was really funny. Um, this 1975 movie was fairly accurate as far as like they didn't go. I mean, here's the thing with every movie, no matter the story, no matter how many facts you have, there's going to be some embellishments. It's Hollywood. Like that's just par for the sure. course. You have sure. to make it more interesting. Um, there were like a couple little things that I felt like, you know, go ahead, you 1975, um, because the rituals, not rituals, maybe that's the wrong word, but the, the, the practices when somebody died in the Victorian era, they literally like put them on the kitchen table and like Dude, had them chill there. That skeeved me. So, yeah, it, that was a <laughs> moment for me, for sure. Yeah. I was so, Dude, could you imagine like, especially with like a violent murder? Could you imagine like you go down for breakfast and the, I don't know what made me more, the mutton soup or the bodies? I think the mutton soup Oh, the was. mutton soup was it. I don't with the- <laughs> And then when they were eating it, I was like, blah, 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 blah. but like, it's true, yo. People eat, people eat nasty shit got all jacked up back then. They did. like people And especially Ooh. with the Bordens, <laughs> notoriously andrew borden is is a miser like you know he, he doesn't want to live he what's that i know i just laughed at your use of the oh. word miser it was so perfect he was a miser uh yeah they didn't live in the nice i mean for somebody of their status and of their wealth they didn't live in the nice area they didn't have indoor plumbing they didn't have electricity things that were all available and when you uh, in in 1892 like it was just yeah it, he was a cheapskate, LaRue. He really was. He and really, really was. And to think that, like, that was just the surface of what made him such a douche. Because, like, and again, obviously, I am not saying that it's ever okay to murder someone. But when, when you talk about cases in history where the children are victimized by the parents and eventually turn around and kill the parents, right? There is certain, a certain level of sympathy that I do have for those those children as as victims, as trauma, you know, survivors, as all these things. Whether it was that he molested her, which is often kind of hinted at, whether it was the whole he was a mortician and did dirty things with bodies and made her be exposed to bodies. I don't know if that was just dramatization, whether it was just that he was literally just going to fuck her over because he didn't like her sassy attitude and take away all her money. Like there's a certain level of pathos that goes into looking at a woman like this. And the, and it almost reminded me of like a perfect like statement on women in the late 1800s, early 1900s, because oftentimes they had no other choice. There was no other play for her to keep right. some sort of comfort. He was totally going to give the money away. He kind of hated her face. They were fighting all the time. The mother, the stepmother would have made her life miserable. The uncle might've taken the money. You know, there were a million very real threats to her potential comfort. And while it makes it totally crazy that she would kill her father just to make sure she could get the money and live comfortably, it, it also suggests, like, I liked the idea of like the trauma. And I got to tell you, the 2018 movie hinting at, a relationship between her and the maid I actually kind of liked too but we can definitely right. like circle back around to that because I know you probably don't buy that theory so this is where how I talked about all of the patriarchal patriarchal bullshit that happened like in the real situation this is where I go on the opposite end of the spectrum with I guess the the matriarchal bullshit that happens that there is zero evidence of any abuse there's zero evidence of any trauma 
but I feel like because this was a woman and this is something I blame, I think just throughout the ages, if she was the one that did it, which many people think she has, historians think she have, we had to make Andrew the villain because we had to give a woman some sort of justification to do what yeah, she did. Yeah, no, that a you know woman could just like, be a stone cold killer. Yeah. Right. Like she, we, love we had to, and, and I think that's why in the two films, they really, and I mean, in the 2018 one, they really villainize him. But we, you know, to my, my one note is they consistently villainize Andrew Borden. And I said, yeah, maybe he was an absolute creeper. Maybe he was just an asshole, you know, like yeah. maybe there really wasn't, you know, there, there's about as much proof that he, you know, had an incestu- incestuous or a molester relationship with, with Lizzie there's about as much proof as that that you know she killed abby because abby shot spaghetti out of her fingers like there's no that would be awesome that would be great i would not kill you if you did that i would i would support that but yeah like it's i feel like it's it's the opposite end of the spectrum where we cannot let a woman simply be a stone cold killer we have to give her justification and cause he has to be villainized he has to be the catalyst for the breakdown that happened or you know whatever so it's so interesting that we get both sides of it you get patriarchal bullshit you get matriarchal bullshit and at the end of the day it's a fascinating subject that we will never have answers to <laughs> i know it kills me and i think the 75 version it, i think it's montgomery does an amazing job of playing her with a lot of dignity but also a lot of stone cold bitchness like there is she is haunting at times in her portrayal. And to talk to your point, I think that's a really great way to portray her where it's like, nah, she's just a fucking stone cold killer, bro. Like, and maybe she was, I mean, we will never know. Right. And you're right. The penchant for, for if she was a man, I feel like she would have rotted in prison for it. Right. Like she would have definitely gotten hanged or whatever. Oh yeah, No, but, she's, 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 she is, is absolutely tried, convicted. Yeah. And I think so too. I think you if know, she's, she, he was yeah. Dude if she was a dude so it's one of those weird kind of ironic like the same system that oppressed her and made her just nothing more than other people's property and a spinster at 32 is the same system that's going to literally save her life you know there's something deeply ironic and interesting to be had there uh there was a, a particular line from the 1975 movie that i absolutely loved so much so that i paused it rewound it and played it again so I could write it down. Wow. Because more so than the 2018, and not to take away from the 2018 film, because I think they were going for a completely different message and a completely different, you know, thematic situation. But in the 1975 one, I really felt, and again, like, let's look at the real world 1975, when we've got the first, you know, not the first, but the next wave of feminism of the 70s, And I feel like this movie was really, I don't want to say pushing that, but they definitely made it a point to bring up things like that. The line that I wrote down, and this was, uh, I believe the prosecutor's wife had said this line, but he was talking about how like, oh, you sympathize with her because she's a woman. And she basically gave him this whole speech of like, you have no idea. And the line that I wrote down was, you have no idea how unbearably heavy these skirts can be at times. And I was like, Mike, drop. Because, yeah, you know, you're sitting here, you're criticizing me for sympathizing with her because she's a woman. 
Hell yeah. Do you have any idea what it's like to be a woman in 1892? No, you don't. So sit down. You do not have a seat at this table. Like, I love that this movie really, I don't want to say they did it subtly because you have a line like that in the movie right out there. But I feel like that probably went over the heads of, of, of some, I don't want to say, yeah, I'll say it. I feel like that went over the heads of men that were watching that movie in 1975. Yeah, no, this was, this was a feminist movie. It, there is a lot of, there are a lot of feminist undertones in both these films, in my opinion, which makes sense because I think there's a lot of feminist undertones that are interesting to play with, with this Kate's itself. I mean, what you said is so brilliant and spot on this idea that like she absolutely got away with it and we have to find reason, right? And, and I think we, we do that with all our killers, but especially female killers. It's like when you look at how we break up killers so often, the more traditionally female ones are often given like this emotionally tethered reasoning, right? So mm-hmm. that makes so much sense. But yeah, no, that's, that's very true. I think that, I, I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm just flabbergasted because I so badly want to know whether or not she really did it. Hey. I tell you, man, I would, I would love it. I, to be a fly on the wall, uh, it, cause, cause how, how could she not have done it? But then how could she have done it? Um, I, I went back and, and re-listened to the last podcast on the left's, um, two-part series on this and something I hadn't even thought about, but it's something that they bring up where he's, they, they were like, you know, do you know how hard it is to swing an ax? like just, you know, up over your head and continue to hit your mark. It's not really easy. It's, it's very tiring. And especially if you're inexperienced and you hit something like a skull that is filled with blood and bone and brain, it's going to get everywhere, including all over you. How does she have the time to commit the murders and clean herself up when they when she found, I'm going to air quote this, when she found Andrew and Bridget came downstairs and she's like, oh my God, get the cops. There was still blood running out of him. He had very recently been killed. And if she was clean, how? Yeah. I, I mean, cause she did an achy and then she took a quick shower. No, <laughs> that's but what like, the movie uh, said. Yeah, that's what the bell. That's what the movie said. But, but I you know, feel like getting, you know what? If there's one thing I've learned, getting blood off of you isn't that quick. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, and again, that sounded way creepier than I even <laughs> verbal. Yeah, I you got to figure not ever murdered anybody. And especially me. with her father who got, you know, he got it in the face. And if you're standing over him, I mean, to see the trajectory of the Ooh. blood up the wall, like there, he, he, he got it in the front of his face. That first chop, like, which I will, we'll get there with the 2018 movie. But that first chop, like it devoured his face. If you are the person hanging <laughs> that, that you not only have blood on you, but you ha- like there's no way you don't have bone fragment Ugh. and like brain particles and like for for her to have killed her stepmother, maybe because maybe she had time to wash and change and dry and fix and prim and proper. I don't think there was time for her, even in a naked state where let me go wash up real quick. I don't think there was time for her to kill her father and be presentable because she was almost immediately pegged as a suspect because she was in the house. 
Yeah. So, you know, they're looking at her right away, even when they're not necessarily like she's the suspect when they're speaking with her. I'm sure cops, you know, are at least doing their due diligence of as they're just, you know, Mm. questioning her from the outright of, you know, oh my God, what happened? They're looking, they're looking to see. But then again, these are also the same cops that like probably burned evidence and didn't realize it. And yeah, back then policing. And again, period blood apparently is gross and (laughs) probably like causes bad magic. So they, you know, again, that evidence went out the window. So so who knows (laughs) so can we switch gears and go ahead into the 2018 movie really quick because i do like a lot of and i i don't know like your comment was funny because you were like i had to keep reminding myself this is fiction this is fiction because they took a lot of liberties right and i'm gathering that as we talk about your expertise on it i i loved the lesbian theory so so here's my thing um I I really did. I I had had, had having an accomplice made sense to me. So I had texted her and I because like I'm sorry, like right away, like I'm instantly seeing these historical inaccuracies. Now keep in mind, I watched the 2018 one first. Now now um, the Twilight vampires were around in the 1800s too. <laughs> oh wait, no, not that <laughs> historical inaccuracy. Uh, so yeah, I'm like in you know like they're right away in the beginning. Um, they've got like Bridget, the maid showing up six months before the murder. And, you know, Abby calls her. She's like, well, I'm going to call you Maggie. And then when Lizzie comes up, she's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'll call you Bridget. You know, you know, Abby just makes up the names or whatever. Like none of that was true. Like Bridget worked for the Bordens for years before the murder. Everyone called her Maggie because they're all assholes. Like nobody called her. Oh Bridget. yeah, they, they made her, her so much more sympathetic. Like they made yeah. her like such a little, yeah. like, a, like such a nice person. Like so, at that point in the beginning of the movie, I went, you know, what? I started to get like right angry notes, and I was like, you know what? When it comes to books, I love the genre of historical fiction. You know, I love when you take something that happened real life history. And then you build a fictional world or a fictional event or something fun around it. Like that, that, you know, when something is set in a historic yeah, time and it's all very accurate and then you're like, oh, and you know, it would be fun. Yes. This actual real life event is happening in the background, but here's also a fictional story set around it. I think that's very fun. And I like that in books. And I said to myself, don't be a douchebag. This is a work of historical fiction on a subject that you love. So just turn that annoying part of your brain off and enjoy this movie. And I'll tell you, I did. I did. I really enjoyed it because I went, you know what? Let Because here's the thing. No one really knows. No one truly, truly knows what happened. So fuck it. Run with it. Let's have fun. And I really did enjoy this. And I loved, I loved all of the different aspects of this movie. Yeah, I, I think that you definitely had to work to turn that off but that's fair because you do know enough to know when they're just making crap up and it seems like this movie took a lot of liberties and again i actually really like both of these actresses as much as i kid about uh kristen stewart i think she's a really talented actress i think the same with chloe savine um <laughs> nailed it but totally i it. and i really 
found the the relationship they built between the two of them very interesting, especially because there was a power imbalance, especially because oh, they made the father so creepy with like and rapey and horrible. And he I just hated him. And and I mean Ebitude just sucks on a good day, but put her as the the, the character from Lizzie Bourne's mom, and she you really want her to get it. Yeah. So it's like you're you're kind of almost cheering for her when she commits the crime, but I also loved that in a strange way, Maggie slash what uh, Bridget, Bridget became almost another victim in a weird way. Mm-hmm. A- and I think it spoke well to like the sociopathology that would, I mean, cause let's be honest, re- regardless of the trauma, regardless of whatever may or may not have happened between her and her family, you have to be a very mentally unstable and very cruel, horrible human being to take an axe and, and kill people. Like it's such a yes. visceral physical intimate crime and and so and you know like I always come back to the idea that so many people are victimized in childhood so many people have shitty parents but they don't turn around and murder other people and so it's like no matter what the case may be and especially given your 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 statement that there's not even a lot of evidence that they there's no evidence really to explicitly say that they they were terrible parents it it definitely speaks to the fact that she was she was a, a stone cold killer and so in this film I like that she seems so she seems so, uh, you know, like she's so fake nice, and but she's also so sneaky. And like when she steals the, the thing and sells it and all this other crap, like I, I, I didn't have sympathy for her in a way that made it icky. I kind of was like, yeah, you're, you're the worst. You're, you're a stone cold killer. And, you know, it wasn't like, oh, poor her. She lost it. It was like, no, nah, she, she fucking killed it. She knew what she was doing. She was getting that money. She was burning that will. She was also, I do think John is worth exploring as a suspect. What's your take on him? He had a 100% viable alibi that day. If he had anything what to do was with it? it, what's his 100% alibi? He was, he was with family. He was seen in another That's town. 100% alibi? He, he was in another, he was seen in another town. Uh, like there was like, he had left in the morning. He was seen in another, he was in another town. He was a train right away. Just besides so being if creepy, he, the actor who plays him being creepy all the time in movies, he was. <laughs> he, yeah, that guy always, yeah, he always was creepy in creep. American Horror Story. Yes. That actor is, is a very yeah, good yeah, actor. He creep. is, what's his yeah, name, Dennis the, O'Hare, right? I think so. That sounds yeah. familiar. Dennis yeah, O'Hare is uncle, really good at being playing creepy. Yeah. Yeah. The uncle really, uh, here's the thing. It's like the uncle, unless there was truly any sort of will that was out there. I mean, the uncle didn't stand to get any of this money. Like, I don't think that Andrew Borden would have ever even left money to him. I mean, he was nothing to him at this point. It was, that was his. That was his brother though, dead, right? It was his dead wife brother. Oh. Like that was, um, yeah, oh, I'm blanking on her name. But that was Lizzie and Emma's birth mother. That was her Ab- brother. No, Abigail was the bad one. Um, so, I mean, if anything, like uh, Abby Borden's family was standing to get some, you know, they were getting some properties and things like that. Here's the thing, though. They, they make Lizzie and Emma out to be like destitute without their father. They had money. Like they yeah. had plenty of money. Like the whole idea that she murdered her father for money, for the inheritance, she had money of her own, you know? Like she did have a job. She, you know, she was teaching, um, uh, what was it? Bible study. Like she had her Bible study job that she was teaching to mm. immigrant children, um, she did a lot of her volunteer work. 
uh, you know, it's it, she she wasn't as destitute without her father's money as they make her out to be. Mm. Um, he he bought a property from them. Like there was a house that he sold to Emma and Lizzie and then bought it back from them. Like they had money. So it really wasn't like they were broke and destitute. I mean, I think there was some definite tension over the fact that that woman, the, Abby, the is not my mother. Yeah, and she's going to get all this stuff. Like, right. I think there was an element of um, Lizzie being a little spoiled bitch. And oh, both movies made know, that apparent, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, it's like, this is my money, daddy. Like, give me my money. I want this and I want that. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, when it comes to the 2018 movie, I think that the person that we feel bad for slash the person that we cheer most for Bridget. is Bridget. 100%. And I love, I love in this telling where, she, I mean, she is raped by Andrew Borden. Ugh. Um, it is disgusting. And you know what? Well, he's Satan. So if Randall Flagg's going to rape anybody. That's um, right. That's right. <laughs> um, he didn't even have the decency to bring his jean jacket. He didn't. You know, you got, if you're going to rape somebody, you'd be all up in denim Dan. That's um, right. <laughs> but you have to think, you have to realize that as much as he took advantage of her, I think that there was an element of Lizzie taking advantage of her. Like a hundred percent. She took advantage. So I love when at the end of it, Bridget was like, don't call me. I'm out. Don't yep. write me. Like we're, we're done. We are yeah. absolutely done. I love that. That's what they ended up doing with her character because it's like, look, this is not going to be some romantic, you know, development here. Like we're right. not going to hold hands and run off into the sunset. They didn't. It's, yeah. They didn't romanticize. Yeah. The, the, like this is, is that at all. It's 1882. What, what do you think is going to happen? It right. was very real in that aspect. That was a very real aspect of what do you think is going to happen? You know? This is, you know, Lizzie is a part of the temperance society. Lizzie is, and again, I'm saying this just in the sense of this movie that, you know, she has all of the religious belief and, you know, very prudish attitudes and and views that it's like when they were talking about her being possibly a lesbian, some people are like, well, that's, it's impossible. Like, how could somebody who is so devout be a lesbian? And it's like, well, your sexuality and your religion are two separate things, <laughs> you know? So yeah. I, I've heard people use that of like, oh, she couldn't have been a lesbian. She was a Christian. And it's like, wow. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's not how that works. They, right? They're two separate things. Um but yeah, I really did like that they made the Bridget character strong enough in this telling. I think so to like walk like, away. Yeah, the, yeah. You know, like what again? Like what? What are we gonna do? What's gonna happen? We're not gonna buy a house together and grow old together. We're two women. Like it's eighteen eighty two or eighteen ninety two. This is this is not happening. Like I'm done. Plus, Bridget knows she's fucking batshit insane, and she just killed her parents. So there's that too. There's, yeah. there's that. There's the difficulty of being a lesbian in 1892 and you just fucking killed your parents. That's true. And tried to get me to do it too. So. Yeah. And and I think that like if she did get away with it, knowing what I'm learning from what you're saying here, like with so few little motive, 
it's in, to me it's interesting that she just kind of went off and lived a quiet life afterwards you know like it's not Ooh, like Bridget she did or lizzie lizzie mm-hmm. you know like it's not like she did anything scandalous with her like she got away with it and then she kind of just was like meh you well, know she she bought herself the the big house that she always wanted um she she Good did she she did kind of start to live the life that her father wouldn't let her live she would throw parties because now that she had a home that was acceptable in society for someone of her stature, started to throw parties, you know, had some company over. Um, a lot of the lesbian rumors come from her friendship with an actress. There's an actress named Nance O'Neill. Um, and they had a very, very friendly relationship. How friendly? I don't know. Mm. But a lot of the rumors of her sexuality came from that friendship that she had with Nance O'Neill. Hmm. And also the fact that she was unmarried at the time and never, ever married. And to the historian's knowledge, there were never any relationships. Nobody courted her. Like, it was just her and Emma living in this big house for yeah. many, many years. Emma did eventually move out hmm. um, and do her own thing. But the house that she bought is a home called Maplecroft. And it's actually still, a, it's a residential home in, in Fall River. Um, I think it recently, in the last couple of years, was on sale for like a shit ton of money. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, like <laughs> it's, like, it's one of like a shit ton of money. <laughs> you know, like I've, I've driven past it. But again, like it's unlike the Lizzie Borden house, which turned into a bed and breakfast and you can visit and tour it, whatever. Maplecroft is a private residence. Mm-hmm. So at best, it's stand outside, take a picture. Take and a picture. Maplecroft. You can't go inside, can't do anything like that. Fair. So. Yeah, fair. Yeah. And, and like I said, at the end of it all, you know, mad props to Lizzie, because if you did it, you got away with it. Yep. And um, when she died, she left all of her money to the Humane Society of Which, Fall River. Yeah. So. Maybe that was her making good. Yeah. I'm here for that. Yep. I don't have a whole heck of a lot else. I mean, this was an interesting dive. I appreciate that we were able to do this. I feel like I kind of got to learn a lot from you, even just from this episode. I didn't uh, do anything besides watch the movies and just keep my pop culture, very superficial awareness heading into all this because I kind of wanted to be, have my mind blown. And uh, I'm always fascinated and impressed with your grasp of fiction, uh, historical fiction, and more importantly, like these cool moments in history that you seem to dive into, like even the Salem witch trials, all this other stuff. You are such a guru and I love it. You're so, you're so smart. You're so smart. My girl's wicked smart. I'm wicked smart. I am wicked Wicked smart. smart. (laughs) Hey, if you, if you want to borrow any books, you can check some out from, from your um, extensive library, from my library. (laughs) Um, No, I, I, and I have to, I do, I have to to thank you because I know that I don't think I was planning on going off on the rails and getting all excited and talking almost the entire episode. No, Um, it's fine. But thank you for letting me do that. And and of listeners, course. I hope I hope you guys have enjoyed it. It's you've referred to me as an expert many times, and I am a I am an armchair historian at best That's because there is fine. a wealth of knowledge. Like I've I've only briefly skimmed court transcripts. Like I oh don't gosh, have anything that's insane to me. Memory, like I like I've like skimmed them. You know, it's not like I have. I, I'm not skimmed them. Blow my, blows my mind. Them. Um, I will say the one thing that I, I'm going to, I'm going to nitpick the 2018 movie. Ooh, go for it. In just one instance. I'm surprised um, allow you, you me, didn't do more. Allow me one. Of allow course. me one. And um, if you want to get ahead and uh, sound off the nerd alert. Okay. I counted how many times she 
struck her stepmother to see if they made it accurate no you did not count was it 40 no well that yeah that's it's not 40 that's that's not true um she she hit her mother 18 times there was the initial blow and then there were 17 very vicious rage filled swats um you know what? In Eighteen movie, it doesn't this, go as poetically as forty does. I it understand does. why. Uh, in, it. But in this in this movie, um, she was struck nineteen times. And oh, I was like, oh, so close! Why you can't? How dare so close. But I was like, you know what? That's going to be my one and only nitpick that that, that's that she did fair it enough. Nineteen times and not eighteen, and that's the only thing. Everything else I'll allow. Everything else is fine. It's just a movie. It's entertaining. It's historical fiction. Mm-hmm. All the actors were fantastic. Fictional like, like, you know, characters. Like everybody that was in this, but yeah, like Kristen Stewart is, you know, for all her weird, like the way that she acted in movies when she was a teenager. Um, we were all fucking dorky and awkward when we were a teenager. And she's right. grown into a really talented actor. I agree. Chloe Savigny, Savigny, Chloe. Our friend is Chloe. Um, it's really she's good just, too. She's, she's always great been good, in my yeah, opinion. She's yeah. kind of great in everything. Um, and Petunia, I love is because yeah, she's Petunia. Aunt Petunia. Yeah. And then um Jamie Sheridan, who played Andrew Borden. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's Randall Flagg from the OG yeah. Show the some Stand. And we love him. We love yep. him so much. Agreed. He's just Agreed. the worst of the worst, and we'll take it all day, every day. Um, <laughs> so like, but yeah, everybody in this movie, like the movie was cast really, really well. Um just to go back, the, the the 2018 movie did it, but I was really proud of the, the 1975 movie. Everybody was really sweaty. And that's so factual because it is August. I believe it. In Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. With all those clothes on. With, yeah, in the Victorian era. I love that. Like, yeah, and Elizabeth Montgomery had just had a sheen over her for the entire movie. She was and sweaty. even in this one, in the 2018 one, like everybody, like the detail, that detail was not forgotten. Yeah. That it is a Victorian era. It's August. It's 1892. And hot as balls. Yeah. Fucking hot. Like everybody had their little hair sticking to their forehead. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Like the, the detail in both movies, when they kind of nailed it, I feel like they nailed it well. Nice. When they showed Andrew Borden's face all what? fucking hacked up. Yeah. Like the You know it's funny. Kudos. I really did. I was like, is that what it would look like? I guess it would be all Have you not seen up. Okay. Uh, uh, if you look at the <laughs> little, 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 little. If you look at the crime photos, little, um, little. somebody clearly had the crime photo uh. and did the prosthetics. Like they did it so so well yeah i'm gonna um, pass on I that won't, dog i will i won't post the no, um, autopsy no. photos or the crime don't photos make the, don't scare the audience no, don't scare i'll the just I, i'll try to find some stuff from my vacation and post it but, but yeah the, the special effects did an amazing job with andrew's face like amazing job uh when we were on the tour uh, again they have the little sitting couch obviously it's a replica it's not the real sitting couch they said that gross. when when they got the when they bought the bed and breakfast honestly the only thing that survived from the time of when the Bordens lived there again the doorknob and apparently they found some broken fragments of like plates and cups and things like that but nothing else really in the house like it was it was bought and sold and it's been like a residential house and you know so um 
everything in it is replicated but you know the tour guide was like does anybody want to lay down on andrew borden's you know death couch and i was like i do and i laid down on the little couch and it's reportedly it is it is known to be a haunted house um again we didn't spend the night at the bed and breakfast which i would like to go back and do but again uh, it was like at the time, I don't know how much it is now, but like to stay in the guest bedroom, which is the bedroom where Abby Borden's body Ooh, is found. Yeah, that's a no. That's the most expensive. I think that at the time, that was the most expensive room at $325. Get the fuck out of here. I wouldn't sleep a <laughs> wink. Marissa wouldn't get 40 winks. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, like there was her room was expensive. Lizzie rooms was expensive. The that's cheapest room I want to say was like, 180 and that was Bridget's room uh on the third floor yeah we could sweat um, our balls off there just like she yeah. did yeah, um much. but yeah no, unless I, you're willing to do a ghost there. hunt I'll do it if you're willing to do a ghost hunt that I'll say yeah. I think it would be super fun because I would love to go back because like you know they make breakfast they do the whole nine like like I you said get to buy like a souvenir axe I don't know. I do have a bumper sticker that yes. says, can I ask you a question? Nice. Like, That's a good... breakfast. <gasps> Um, I've seen it. It's all, it used to be on your book. Yeah, it used to be. It used to be up there. I don't know where I put it. Um, but yeah, no, the, the tour was super fun and, and it's, it's, it's just, I don't know. I think you would like it. I think, I think we would have fun. If you don't want to spend the night there, we don't have to, but only if we could ghost hunt because I won't sleep because I'll be too creeped out. That's fine. I will just, I will, I will swaddle you and I will. Perfect. Yeah. As long as you're there to snuggle me. Baby angel. Yeah. Like, (laughs) as you should. I promise. But yeah. And I want to, I like, yeah, I would stay in the guest bedroom where Abby's body was found. I don't know that. (laughs) Ah, that's a tough one. I would do it, but I probably wouldn't sleep much because I'd be convinced that there's a ghosty trying to get me. And it probably wouldn't help that I make ghosty noises. No, you 100% would scare me. So I'm not, that's why I would like You'd be it. sleeping and I'd just be like. Yeah, you would. You would be, you, I would wake up and you'd have an axe in your head. <laughs> I'm like a big rubber axe. Like, I know. That's why I'm not, no, that's a hard no for me. <laughs> I'll somehow find like, you know, those inflatable dinosaur costumes. I'll find an inflatable axe costume. Yeah, you but would. you won't know you that I'm in it when, the room. You wake, yeah. when you wake up in the morning, I'll just be in like an, infl- in an inflatable axe yeah, you costume. Would, I would definitely pee my pants at some point in the experience. And you know, <laughs> it's not that hard to pee my you pants. You would pee but... your pants with laughter. I would protect you. <laughs> if there was such thing as a ghost in that Lizzie Borden house, yeah, I would totally right. protect you. Those people are mad. I watch Supernatural now. I know how to fend off. Oh, good. Ghosts. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Well, now yes. you're a pro. I am a pro because I watch Supernatural. <laughs> You're ridiculous. Oh, I love you. Um, I love you. Okay. All um, right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the crime of the century from last like two three centuries, centuries ago. ago. <laughs> two centuries ago. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, 100 and, 130 years come this August since that fateful day that we have no idea who did it. We have no real evidence um we got nothing but an entertaining slice of history and a slice sorry (laughs) and one of really like the first big true crime booms of of american history like there there wasn't a lot like this i mean i i remember when the oj simpson trial happened everybody was like oh my god this is the crime of the century like the first the first big crime of the century since lizzie borden i remember that comparison of like the lizzie borden trial and the oj simpson trial. Yeah, it was a media frenzy yeah yeah it really was all right so again 
I'm going to thank our audience. If you're still listening at this point, thanks for indulging Stop me. it. Thanks for indulging me and just hanging out to Jackie's history corner that she gets mm-hmm. super excited about the weirdest fucking shit. Like, what's wrong with me? Oh, Why do I nothing. get super excited about this on self-crime? You're awesome. R.I.P. Andrew Borden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck going, you. Going, going too creepy. soon, Abby Borden. <laughs> going too soon. Never forgot. <laughs> Kiss it up to God for Abby Borden. Definitely pour forgetting them both after this episode. Pour, we're gonna pour one out for Abby Borden. You know what? All she did was fucking Bridget. marry a dude that didn't love her. Nah, that just she was really shitty wanted too. someone. Nah, that, she was shitty. She was you know, shitty. he just really Andrew was married. She wanted he married somebody that he wanted to be like, hey, will you clean my house and raise my kids? Cool. All right. You Whatever. Now I'd say she a gold digger. You know what I'm saying? She oh, don't feel she, bad for her. She was like she was Pope. Like she didn't. Yeah, come she from married up, dude. Don't feel bad. Right. She knew exactly what she was doing. She was like, "All right, I'll, I'll get with you and your weird kids." Look, <laughs> that's what she gets. She got an axe to the head for being a gold digger. There you go. Lesson learned. Yeah. Lesson learned. Everybody, take that nugget. And that's right. You're, you're a gold digger. Then your then stepchild you is gonna whack you. With don't be. If you're gonna be a gold digger, be really nice. Because if you're a douche, the douche finder general will come get you. That was a callback. Oh my God, Lizzie Borden's new moniker is the Douche Finder General. <laughs> All right, you're taking this crazy train back to the station. <laughs> Don't forget to check us out on social media and your favorite podcasting app. Just search Jersey Ghouls and you will find us there. You can also find our podcast, our blog, and our contact information if you want to drop on and say hey on our website at jerseyghouls.com. Bye bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.